Hello and welcome to episode four of Warlords. I am your dungeon master, Tim Overton, and with me is Emma. Hey, guys. It's been a little while. We took a break for a couple months. Emma, how have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. I don't really remember what happened. Holidays and stuff. <laughs> yeah, holidays and, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, lots of dinner detective thrown in there for mm-hmm. good measure. Mm-hmm. And, um, this month, February, is very busy for dinner detective. I intentionally yes. took the whole month off. That's probably, yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> but we're back. We're here to play yeah. some more Warlords. So, Emma, um, what do you remember about where we left off? I was running full mm-hmm. on towards this cyborg thing with organs <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much what i got <laughs> pretty much i guess you could call it a cyborg um technically it doesn't really have like any technology embedded in it but it oh, does okay. have um pins and needles and things that's where I pulling back its flesh revealing organs and okay teeth so it does have flesh it, it is rotting flesh what you notice about this character they're a very dark hue of blue. There's also something very strange about the shape of their head around the mouth parts where they have been pulled back by wires and hooks to expose their teeth. You notice that the teeth aren't what you would think of teeth looking like normally. They're sharp and jagged and pointed. And around the mouth, there are um, chunks of flesh. They look like stumps. Um and the head of this creature is larger than a normal human head. It appears to be like inflated and drooping down the back of his skull. Uh, the robe has been dropped and you can see that his uh, flesh is desiccated. It has been rotting for a long time. But the organs still writhe within uh made apparent by the, uh, again, hooks and things, pulling back the flesh to show that those details. Does it, like, stink? Like, is it rotting stink? Or, like, yeah. it's just rotting? It stinks. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Another thing. Um, you asked this character, are they a warlord? And they said to you, I am, and then mm-hmm. attacked you. Yes. Um, Another thing you notice is that when they spoke, their mouth didn't move, but you heard the words in your mind. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's like telecommunicating mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay. I didn't know. Right now, you kind of find yourself in the midst of a battle. Um, so far, uh, two dark orbs of energy have been cast your way, and you've gotten out of the way, and you were about to try to strike this enemy. Yep. Running oh. straight at it. So what would you like to do? Um, <clears throat> I am going to... I'm going to run straight at this thing. Um, and I forget. It's up the stairs, Yep, right? you're on a grand staircase. Okay. So I think... I am going to um, run at it, but then at the same time, I'm going to use like my magic missile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like pure magic that springs from my fingers, and it like deals two d four damage to the target. And so. I forget: is the magic missile a guaranteed hit, or do we need to roll for that? Um, that was part of my wizard 
multi-class dabbler thing. Uh-huh. Um, so... I can't remember if that spell just always hits, or do we need to see if it may miss? Let's see. I have... It's been a little while, up. and I'm, I yeah. can't remember. Okay, that's not it. Um, Me. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. I have it here. Let's see. Cantrips is obviously a thing. Um, summoning... Uh, magic item. It just says two D four. So I'll let you choose if you wanna if you want me to like roll for that, I'll do that. Um Yeah, I don't in this particular thing it doesn't say. Yeah. So because it's not a cantrip, um this is just like a first level spell. So it's using up a, a spell a spell slot. Yeah, spell slot. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. So I'd assume there'd be some sort of rolling, but maybe magic doesn't need a roll. I'm I'm sorry that we're getting off to this start. I really should just know these things, but I cannot remember for the life of me what <laughs> happens with this spell. Magic missile, level one, evocation, projectiles of pure magic spring for your fingers, deal 2d4 damage to one target. I think that that means we'll roll for it. Why not? Let's see okay. what happens. So roll your 2d6. Okay. And add your intelligence. Okay. And that changed. So now I got to figure that out. I think that one changed. No, charisma. I don't remember. Whatever. So plus two. So I got a 10. Okay. That is a successful cast. Woo. And you do not forget the spell. You may cast it again later. So, awesome. Magic missile was two d four of damage. Yeah. So now you roll your damage. The spell worked, and you can roll to see how much damage you okay. deal. Okay. So four. Which one's four? Oh my god. They look There's like the so little many. pyramids. This. Like this those. Thing? Yeah. Oh really? Okay. So two of these. Suckers? Yep. Okay. Cool. Wow. So many dice. Okay. So how do I know what it is? The top number. Oh. Ones. Boy, of course it was ones. <laughs> <laughs> Lame sauce. Okay. <laughs> Not as cool as I thought that would be. <laughs> Your magic missile. Um, it flies toward... What color are your magic missiles? Um, we're going to... We'll go with green. Mm, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's kind of cool color. Yeah, let's go with that. So green energy flies toward this rancid character. Um, your missiles fly through the air, and then they appear to hit some kind of like a force field, a bubble around this character. Um, they appear to be protected by magic, protected from magic. Go figure. I know, right? All right. After all that. After all that. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, I'm a terrible GM. Well, here we go. You're not a terrible GM. Let's keep GM. going. So this character speaks to you in your mind. You hear the words. Fight, fight, fight. All we do is fight. Yes, that is, that is the point of this. Is it? Do you know the point of all this? I mean, I know what they told me. <sighs> and that's to fight everybody to win. Win what? Not dying. 
Yes. <sighs> Not dying. I have lived for thousands of years. Crisis has been my home. We mind flayers live a cycle of life. We are born in the underdark. We live and take the minds of others to add to our own. And then we are consumed by the elder brain. Oh, that's horrible. I thought so too. So I defied. I pursued magic. I became an outcast. But I have lived, or at least not died. And here we are, fighting, fighting, fighting. You fight to not die. So do I. Well, do you want to live? To live. On this dying world, to live. Perhaps it is simply enough to want to not die. Maybe. Maybe. Many warlords fight for the wish. What's the wish? The grand prize promised to those who not die. Oh. But that may just be a story. Like many things that have kept those alive. So you haven't won this tournament yet. Have you ever entered it before? Now? It never occurred to me to fight until this last tournament. The world will be gone soon. This tournament may be the only way to survive. This tower we find ourselves in. It is the tournament, a metaphor. You fight and rise, fight and rise higher. But who knows what's at the top? I am told this tower is called Scissoric. Scissoric. Do you know what that means? It is from the Magin, 
the deep evil. They built this tower to escape. Escape what? The world dying. Oh, that makes sense. That's why I am here. I do not live to fight. I try to not die. Okay, so are you, you, you're not gonna kill me or you are going to kill me? You see the organs writhe, the shadow undulates. There is a key here in this room. Somehow, with that key, you can enter the higher levels of the tower. I believe I have found the key. You have. Are you planning on using it yourself, or you want my help in getting it? I need you. Okay. And how do I know I can trust you? You cannot. I can't trust you. Okay, I mean, that makes sense with the mind mind tricks that you already know. Um, okay. So are you going to tell me where this is or I need to find it by myself? The key is blood. I have none. I have been exsanguinated over the years. I am able to maintain my form through psionic energy. I hold together this form with my mind. Wow, that's a lot of mind power. Isn't that exhausting? I am tired. Ah, okay. So, you need me to die. I thought perhaps you would be easy prey, but... Yeah, now no. we're talking. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's gonna... That's not gonna work for me. Um, is there another way to get blood that doesn't require me dying? I mean, does it actually need a death? You just said blood. I thought it'd be better safe than sorry. Okay. And how do I know that you don't have any? You see him produce a uh, sharp claw on one hand. This skeletal fingers, bones protrude in a claw on one finger, and he drags the claw across his innards, and you see uh, decay and rot pour out, but yeah. no blood. Okay. Well, I guess that answers that question. And, like, nobody else has come to fight you after all of this time? Many cannot find the entrance to this tower. How lucky am I? Um, <clears throat> uh, 
so I can't trust you, per your own admission. And you need blood, but you don't know if it needs to be a death or not. Um, Hmm. So where do you know where this blood is supposed to go? Like, I mean, is it like, you know, you put, put a couple drops of blood in this keyhole or, you know, whatever, or like, what are we, what are we talking about here? At the moment of the shattering, toyed, pierced his flesh, and the blood trickled forth, opening the portal to the Morgan. That was the secret. The blood will find a way. Hmm. You don't really want to die, but I mean, you know, if I try a couple of drops of blood, you know, prick my finger, uh, and see what happens, would you be willing to not kill me? No. Okay, Flynn. Your soul will add to my power. All right. Well, um, in that case, I'm sorry. Uh, this has been a lovely chat, but um, we're we're just we're gonna have to duel this out. I'm sorry. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna rush at him again, um, and then sweep his legs from out under him. All right. You run at the creature. As you climb up the stairs, you are suddenly hit with a psionic blast, blast of energy centering from his mind. You are thrown backward down the stairs. Okay. Um, then she gets up, um... She is, um, let's see, uh, she is going to hmm, run, make a few moves, uh, to the left, um, just to see if, you know, he's going to keep attempting to hit her. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think she's going to do like a, like a barrel roll and then, you know, maybe just do a leap in the air, you know, some kind of yeah. <laughs> general. As you run, two balls of dark energy are thrown in your direction. You're able to dodge both of them. They collide with the marble staircase and explode into a ribbon of dark energy. Okay, great. Um, so I will... I think I'm going to run up to him, but I'm going to kind of do a weaving pattern instead. Um, you know, go forward, backwards, you know, side to side, um, uh, trying to get my way up to the stairs to get close to him. 
um, and then try and use my uh, flawless blade work at that point. Right, you zig and zag up the staircase mm-hmm. trying to find an opening. He launches another psionic blast and a cone in your direction and throws you back down the stairs. Okay. Mm, let's see. Uh, so, in that case, um, I will... Can't get close to him. So I am going to. Why don't you come and and fight right here? Why do you use all this protection, this needless protection? I will not be goaded. Mm-hmm. You seem like you're, you know, not the goading sort. But, um, you know, if this is to be a fair fight, you know, I feel. Like you should at least, you know, attempt. Fair. Yes, fair. Uh, you're suddenly struck with an image in your mind of the Underdark and a large pool uh, with a gigantic brain sitting in the middle of it. You can feel psychic energy all around you. There are mind flayers, octopus-headed creatures in cloaks gathered around the elder brain. And in front of you is a creature who is a mind flayer but is skinny and withdrawn and is uh, laid bare, no clothing. Forced to their knees in front of the elder brain, the other mind flayers speak through their psionic energy and declare this mind flare Alhoun heretic and you feel a sudden burst of psionic energy as the mind flares are thrown back and the creature who is being held prisoner stands rises slowly and a ball of flame erupts from their person the fire ignites and mind flares, sets fire to the pool of the elder brain, screaming, 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 voices on voices, pierce your mind, screaming. The fire burns and singes at the tentacles of the mind flares. Uh, the one in question uh, is burning on his flesh, but the fire continues. You snap back to the grand staircase. Fair. Man, that was intense. Um, was that you? Another burst of uh, dark energy launches toward you. Okay. Uh, she will um, do like a somersault um, and then uh, reposition herself. Um, and uh, she's going to run towards a a boulder, like a really large boulder about the size of herself, because I'm assuming there's boulders now because of this, you know, like the explosion that happened. Yeah. Um, So she's going to run that way uh, to try and... Yes, so you run behind a large boulder. Yes, okay, great. Um, So I have something, it's a, a cantrip that I can use is called prestidigitation. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ask me to repeat that word again. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> um, but it's a trick of illusion. You can change an object if I'm touching it um, cosmetically to create an illusion. Um, and so I'm going to create an illusion of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It doesn't say how long this thing lasts. Um, as long as you're concentrating on it. Okay. So as I'm concentrating on keeping this illusion alive, this um, this illusion alive, I am going to um, focus on both me and the illusion going up the stairs at the same time toward him mm-hmm. in hopes that he will focus on the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, you approach from different sides of the staircase. Yeah. You get very close. Um, a psionic blast launches in a cone to the figure that is approaching on his right. Okay, great. Um, I didn't pre-plan which I was on the left or the right. Okay. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I should we'll have say, that. <laughs> we'll say that the image, uh, the illusion is dissipated or it passes through the illusion. Okay, great. Um, and how close am I at this point? Striking distance. Great. Um, so I am going to, at this point, I am going to uh, do the flawless blade work. Great. Um, and see what, um, and yeah. Yeah. At that point, uh, I'll sure. tell you what, how many techniques I get and all that jazz. <laughs> all right. Come on, be good. <laughs> I may have this one shot. Oh my gosh, it's a three. I failed immensely. And you add your um, your dex or your strength to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it matters. It's yeah. Two, it's no, a miss. it's a miss. So um, you attempt to strike at the figure, and it just floats out of the way. You don't even hear footsteps. He just glides his body he away glides. from your strikes. As you continue to approach and strike, he's just missing. Uh, he's ducking, dodging out of the way of each of these strikes that you are launching at him. And then you feel another psionic blast launch you across the top of the grand staircase. Now you're both battling at the top of the staircase. Okay, so we're both, we're both, he's still on this top of the mm-hmm. staircase. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, so, again, I'm going to... Um, so I'm going to run at him, um, but this time I'm going to um, do what's called an aerial fall. Uh, you flip yourself forward, essentially, um, kind of like sliding your opponent, like kicking my opponent um, in the guts, mm-hmm. you know, where all his things are. So um, in an attempt to get, again, closer to him or like stun him in some fashion. So <laughs> I don't know how you want me to roll <laughs> That. You do it. Um, you leave a boot print into the intestines of this guy, and it, he just takes it. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, and he... Mm. So at this point, then, I will um, do some flawless blade work because I haven't moved, apparently, um, either. So do you want me to sure. roll for that? Please be better than the last time. Seven plus, we said dex. Was that what it is? Uh, sure. Or was it 10? Dex is two, so that's a nine. Okay, that's a partial success. Um, and then it's deal damage, apply one technique. And then my opponent attacks you. Yep. Um, so I am going to use my freezing technique. Hmm. Um, Your attack freezes and shatters a portion of your opponent's armor. Um, And then after you deal your damage, reduce your armor by one until they repair it. 
So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to do, is that, I forget, what was the damage? Is that the D? So you have a, a damage die. It's a D8. D, oh, duh. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Okay. And that's 12. That's not it. It's this one, isn't it? Yep. Sweet. Wait, it's two of these. Yeah. So many dice. Okay, so um, that is a... Wow, I can do this. I can do math. This is 13. (laughs) Um, 13 damage. Awesome. And then you have a uh, thingy. A thingy. A technique or a... uh... Yeah, that is the freezing. Um, So it freezes and shatters that um, opponent's armor. Um, It says your opponent's armor. He's Um, not wearing any armor, but which part of his body... I mean, I can switch it because it's not... If he doesn't have any armor, that's right. That wouldn't really... Have you can freeze his body? Yeah, I think I'm going to... I'm going to go for his brain. Great. I'm going to freeze his brain. Awesome. So, yeah. She's just, she uses her... Um, her... Uh, wow, words. Um, her paring knife to kind of, like, poke him in the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, to freeze it? I don't know how the freezing works, but I assume it has to do with my weapons in some fashion. Yeah, you stab into the side of the head of this creature, and you can see frost form in a pool around and spread across his face, and then bits of his face and wires uh, shatter and fall from it. You can see deeper into the skull, and the teeth and bones. Um, the eyes have been shut this entire time, uh, but now you see uh, goo and such pour from the eye sockets. Um, the brain, however, is still intact. Mm-hmm. You can feel a repulsive energy from uh, this creature as it uses its psionics to cast your parrying blade back toward you. And uh, it recoils from the damage you have dealt. Okay, great. Um, so then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some more flawless blade work. I wanna, I wanna kill this thing. Before you can, he produces a wand, and a wall of flame erupts between the two of you. Oh shit. Um. Okay. Um. So she's obviously gonna, you know, step backwards. Um. No, I changed my mind. She's actually going to go forwards into um, into the flames to get close to him. Because mm-hmm. I know his intention was to draw that wall in between us. Uh, she's just going to run. I mean, I think she probably takes that initial step backwards. Like, oh, what? And then, like, she's like, no, i got to do this. So she just full on goes mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. this wall. Come what may. <laughs> yes, the... Uh, creature uh, c- continues a retreat. Uh, another dark orb of energy is launched from the wand flying at your head. Okay, she quick ducks um, as she's been taught in roll, martial arts. Roll 2d6 and add your dex. Okay. Nine plus two, that's 11. You dodge out of the way. Awesome. Um, she can... She follows is she's she's like sprinting towards this uh this thing because i don't think you'd call it a guy uh this this person um thing whatever um 
and tries to get as close as can as she can, but while still weaving, so she's not an easy target. And mm. like you know, does the different levels and like couple rolls. You know, I know that takes a little bit more time to get to him, but uh, in the end, you know, maybe she won't die. Is <laughs> <laughs> Dark orbs of energy are cast in every direction as you dodge out of the way and continue to approach this creature. You get closer. Oh, cone of psionic energy blasts, but you duck underneath it and you can feel the marble be torn up behind you. You're within striking distance of the creature again. Great. Uh, she's going to use some flawless blade work. We'll see what happens Great. after that. Okay, so that's eight plus my dex is two, so ten. Succeed. Yay! So that Full means success. I get two techniques. Yes. <laughs> okay. So here's what's gonna happen. I am. Um, I am going to. First, I'm going to do some tethering, um, which pins my target shadow to the ground, preventing them from moving. Um, and then I am going to um, jab my um, other, my rapier, because that's probably longer, um, into this person's brain. Um, and electricity courses through numbing that part. Awesome. You pin the shadow of this creature to the marble. It tries to flee, but is yanked back to its spot. Your rapier hip uh, is is thrust forward in between the eyes of this creature, its face falling off. You find the center of his brain, and through your arm and down the blade, a course of electric energy uh, surges into the creature, and you can see like smoke accumulate and be set off and Small flames erupt around the clothing and flesh of this creature. You feel a slump as the creature um, falls, no longer holding itself up with its psionic energy. It falls down into a heap of flesh. The organs spill out, no longer contained by their psychic field. Bones protrude, and a mess of rotting flesh lays at your feet. Awesome. Um, okay, so she is not fully convinced this thing is dead. Um, she is. She's gonna just go up and chop it to pieces. Um, but first, I think she's gonna take uh, her parrying dagger and just jam it into the brain. Multiple times. Mm. Just to make sure that, mm. that this thing is truly dead. Yeah. You hack and stab at this pile of flesh. The skull becomes crushed, splinters under your thrust. The bones fly and fragments pierce. As you are hacking away at this creature, a bit of bone, sharp, freshly cut, nicks your hand. You can feel a pain sharp in your finger and a trickle of blood begins to form at its surface. You see the blood fall from your hand, but then it stops 
before hitting the ground. The blood trickles and accumulates into a ball floating in the air. It then twists, turns into a spiral, floating across the room into its center. The blood then forms the shape of a key, and it ascends into the ceiling of this room. The ceiling then opens above you where there was once a marble ceiling now is gone as if an illusion is dissipated and above you is a massive hole like a cavern as if standing at the bottom of a well. At the very top there is a circle of light and all around the sides in this cylinder are mud walls, dark, rocky, going up, 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 perhaps all the way to the top. Are there any stairs? I didn't think so. I had to ask, though. Um, all right, great. Um, side note, I have adventuring gear. Do we, do we know what that means like what's in that do do you know rope okay rope um <clears throat> maybe some kind of climbing gear perhaps that's what i was hoping for uh she's going to attempt to scale this thing let's let's do that so she just co- goes to the nearest wall um that's not been really super destroyed by <laughs> All the blast, ionic blasts. Um, she probably climbs up some rubble to get to the uninjured wall. Yeah. Uh, and she just takes, you know, she does is probably pretty deftly because she's she's an elf. Um, so I think she she make, starts making her way up up the wall, kind of like Spider Man, but you know, not. Begin to climb, taking whatever footholds and handholds you can find. Step by step, you ascend this wall, this muddy rock face. Behind you, you hear a rustle, sloshing. And there's no water anywhere. So there's a sloshing, but there's no water. The pile of flesh that you have rendered begins to rise. Oh, no. Reforms haphazardly. Things do not go back to where they should be. It is now a roiling form of flesh, a ball of meat suspended in the air. Oh, good. This dude again. Um, I think she just climbs faster, but also more... more... Um, <laughs> I don't know, like, all over the place, too. You know, left, right, up, you know, like, sideways, you know, like, just to try and, you know, you know, if he's got his powers back, then clearly, you know, he's going to try and blast her. So, 
But maybe he might float up. I don't know. I'm In fact, that way. <laughs> he does. Yeah, the ball of clothes and meat and intestines and skull fragments and rotting floats up the center of the crevasse all the way to the top. You see it disappear into the light. Oh. Okay, that was unexpected. I thought it was going to blow me to smithereens. Okay. Uh, she just kind of like collects herself. Um because she had that moment of tension. She just breathes and then continues her climb up. You continue to climb. After a fight like that, you were already pretty tired, but now this is completely exhausting. Yes. You've been climbing now for some time. You don't know exactly how long. There's no way to tell time in here. Okay. But you're very tired. One sec. So you climb and climb and climb. Uh, your hands become calloused. The nick in your hand expands. Blood covers your palms. And it's sticky, running down your arms. Your feet develop blisters. Your legs chafe and are made raw from sliding up against this wall as rocks and things jut out from the surface unevenly. But you climb. What do you think of while climbing? Uh, I think of my kids. Um, and just happier times in general. Um, you know, even before, you know, my husband passed with the shattering. Um, I'm just I'm just concentrating on any memory whatsoever that might sustain me to get my mind off of you know, my bloodied hands, um, and my exhausted body essentially. So, um, she's just focusing on that and like, she's got to see her kids again. She's, she's got to win this thing. Um, so any little strength that she can pull from her mind, she's doing it. And you climb, climbing, 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 as you approach what appears to be the top of this hole, the circle of light above you, above you grows. It feels like sunlight. Mm. And then you see stars and clouds. Mm. You finally climb to the top. You cast one arm over the edge and a leg. You heave your body up and roll onto this new surface below you hundreds of feet. The bottom, the room you had escaped, a small pinprick of light. You find yourself on a plane of grass and like a surrealist painting, there is nothing but an infinite horizon in all directions. Clouds move in beautiful colors, pinks and blues. Stars twinkle above you in all directions. And the sun looms huge in the sky. Bigger and bigger, 
every passing day. However, at the edge of these stars and behind that sun, you can make out a faint image of stonework, the lattice of bricks together. You're given the impression that this room, this infinite sky, these stars and the sun here are an illusion and that you are in fact still in the tower. So she probably, after spending a few moments gathering herself and looking around, she goes towards the wall. She takes shaky steps towards what she believes is a mere illusion. Yeah, you walk, and as you approach what should be more horizon, you put out a hand and you can feel a surface despite it appearing to only be air and sky and stars in front of you. She is very weary at this point. Um, She's weary from just the climb, first of all, but uh, second of all, She's on heightened alert um, because obviously things are not as they seem. Um, So she makes her way back to that place that she just came from. And tears herself away and goes back down. (laughs) Back down. Back down. You descend carefully, already exhausted, making careful steps, the blood in your hands sticky, your body weak, the light above you shrinks and grows small. Roll 2d6 and add your decks. Actually, add your strength. Okay. Well, I don't have any, so uh, that's five. Five plus zero. Zero. It's five. You fall. And that's where we're going to end this part. Woo! Woo! <laughs> All right. Emma, is there anything that you would like to talk about or like to plug? I'm trying to think of anything, but I've got nothing. <laughs> not going to lie. All righty. So. That's going to do it for this part of episode four, but stick around. We've got another part coming up for you right now.
Welcome to part two of episode four of Warlords. I am still your game master, Tim Overton, and with me now are Jorge and Matt. Hey, Hello. guys. Hello. How are you, gentlemen? I'm doing really good. Pretty Excellent. Great. It's been a couple of months. We've had the holidays. We've been busy doing lots of shows, traveling, uh, performing at breweries and in basements together. That's been a lot of fun. Uh you guys have anything notable or any stories you want to share before we jump into it? Not at the moment, I don't think. Uh, Venice, Florida, uh, where you, I feel like, are re- obligated to retire. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what it is. There's just so many old people. I, that's probably the safest place I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> like, no shit. Yeah. I was like, the red light, and there were six, probably like six cars behind me, and I looked just to curiosity because I was checked behind me. Red light. <laughs> and then, uh, dude, it was just like, Skeleton after skeleton. <laughs> and I was like, dude, let's go. I was like, no one's robbing me. I can take everyone here. <laughs> At the same time. Yeah. I was like, this is a confrontation. If World War Z it. broke out here, I wouldn't even be bothered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be a very weak wave. None yeah. of them have real teeth anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or is that more scary? Because really? they don't rot or fall out. They're just permanently bonded. Those are perhaps more dangerous zombies. We should consider old people zombies to be more dangerous types of zombies, truly. They're like more built for zombiedom. True, but I mean... Metal parts and things, oh, keeping damn. them going. That's a good point. They're like The lactic acid won't totally fuck up their muscles. Mm-hmm. Depending on what kind of virus, those flimsy bones might be useful. <laughs> Absolutely. Become shards. Shoot out. <laughs> Fucking look like cyborg zombies, man. Yeah. yeah. Infects you with the dentures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. So, you awaken uh, Godikari and Tengen. Uh, and you find that Kage Inu is gone. That's he's gone. First guy, I, I kind of counted as him be the first guy to die. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he's a little bit more gung ho, so I'm not particularly surprised if he's wandered off or gotten himself into some trouble. Yeah, well, we definitely were sleeping for a long time. Yeah, you say says it's been two months. <laughs> sleep in a coma here um Cody's going to check his uh map to see if possibly he's in the area at all yeah we should check I feel like all right I think I'm just gonna continue recording and I will edit this um my waveform looks good (laughs) I don't know uh Kage Inu is gone (laughs) You thought he would be the first to die. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is where we're checking the map, right? That's the last thing we were doing? So you're checking the map. Yeah, we're checking the map to see... Let's check the map to see if he's still in the area. Check the map. There are three dots in a lull. There is two dots approximately where you suspect you are. There are... Let's see. There is one dot on Scizoric and actually two dots there. Uh, The tower where the battlefield was waged in the west. Um, Two dots there and there is one dot near you as well. But 
between you and Alal. Mm. There's two dots near us. Wonder if that's us. All right. Well, we should just keep heading towards Alal. Yeah. That's the plan. Sounds like uh, if he's not already there, then he's gonna find his own thing, and it's not my business. Well, if he died, he died. That's <laughs> on him. Sucks to suck. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just go towards Allah then. All right. Absolutely. Uh, you head toward the center of the map. There is um, wilderness around you, and the trees take on more foliage, and the grass appears more lush the deeper you travel in country. Uh, water begins to flow more freely, and the sun is huge in the sky. Uh, let's see. You are traveling through the Queen's Garden, I believe. Yes. Um, as you uh, follow yourselves on the map, you approach <clears throat> Alal, the dot that is between the three dots in Alal and the two dots that are you, there is one dot that appears to be moving uh, toward the two of you now. Um, <clears throat> the world here, uh, while lush and green, is um, disheveled. The rocks and surface jut in odd angles, uh, revealing deep gashes in the rock. Um, but grass grows on these hills and um, sharp cliffs formed in the countryside. Um, the trees um, appear to be uh, lush and green. Um, and there appears to be wildlife of some kind. Bugs appear, things that you haven't seen for a while. Or ever, likely, because the two of you are from the outer rim of this world where time marched on brutally, um, far past the deaths of many creatures on this planet. Um, Nasty-ass bugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go to right. Well, it looks like those things are heading for us. Yeah, we should uh, keep our wits about us. But uh, at the same time, Goaty's, this is like, I mean, he's he's a desert boy, so all of this lush green is very new to him, so he's absolutely taking in the sights and really appreciating everything that's around him at the moment. And uh, Tengen checks in with Yosei to see what he thinks. Uh, what do you think about this, bro? I'm not so cool about this. I feel like I'm, I'd rather hide in these trees right now because I feel like these dudes are coming for us. I got the spidey sense, and you say it's telling me we need to get out of here or we need to be ready to fight. I'm ready. If you want to fade, I mean, take your time, sniff your flowers. I'd like to encourage <laughs> Godi to take his time, but I'd also like to let him know that uh, we might want to make a plan. Let's get, I'm going to wait to ambush in the trees for sure yeah Goaty's uh he's willing and ready to kind of just stand at least he's standing at the ready so he's appreciating the nature around him but at the same time he's got his wits about him he's very adept at uh, being meditative and 
aware. Like that's his whole jam is taking in everything all at once and just making sure that he's really appreciating his surroundings. I want Tengen to to tell Godi that although it looks like he's gonna be bait, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's happy. I promise I'm gonna be right there. Yeah, Godi's sure enough on his feet that he's not super worried. He's kicked the shit out of anyone he's run into, so. Literally. Totally. Same. Haven't even gotten hit once. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go take cover in the trees, and I'm going to start. I'm going to start probably. I don't know. Is there a way I could? How, how far is it? Is there a way to tell, like, how fast it would be before they get here? You have some sense of... Uh, uh, distance and time with this map you've been able to cover some ground um, and you can tell that in the last day that you've traveled you've made it uh, pretty far into the country close to a law um, it'd be like on the scale of things we are aware of as if you had walked from uh, let's see from like Ames to Des Moines you know uh, it's taken you probably a full day to do that, but uh, you can tell that you've made some good progress. Is there anything around me, like maybe, like, uh, is there any high ground or a trench or river or anything close by other than just, it's just wilderness? wilderness? Yeah, in the Queen's Garden, it's a wooded area, um, and the hills are pretty low. However, like, uh, there are... Um, What's odd and what you keep finding striking about this is it looks like the world that you know, which is jagged and sharp and uneven, uh, but there's life growing on it. So it appears as if the earth has been like freshly scarred and dug up and moved and uh, become haphazard in its uh, uh, presentation. So you can hide in, in many different places. Some trees grow at odd angles where the earth has been upturned. Um, there are hollows and, uh, you know, uh, uh, like tiny caves now that you can uh, tunnel into and, and hide yourself in this uneven terrain. Yeah, I'd like to stay at least maybe 13 to 20 feet from him okay. not too far away mm-hmm. Goaty's just kind of trolloping his way not really not really seeming too bothered but obviously keeping about his wits he's in an unfamiliar area with people that are possibly out to get him so he's keeping his wits about him but at the same time it's pretty pretty yeah I'm, I'm in some roots I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm in between roots and got dirt on me and be as camouflaged as possible all right. You continue to make your way through the Queen's Garden. The uh, dot on your map approaches even closer. Uh, you feel as if an encounter will happen soon um, as you continue to travel and go from spot to spot and go to walking openly, almost choosing um, the most open positions so as to be able to see and hear and feel everything around as much as possible. Um, uh, Yose uh, cracks a joke. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Godi wonders why is Tengen laughing. 
didn't hear anything. Just appears to start laughing. He kind of cocks his head over there and gives him a look like, what's going on over there? But mostly just kind of shrugs it off. The dot appears to be very close now. You feel as if you'll be given a sign at any moment. Goaty's definitely more on high alert now. He's definitely less spatially aware now as far as like taking in everything and more he's more uh, intentional with where he's looking you say it was right see we should just do what we were supposed to do all right uh you keep hearing this name yose uh so you seem to be by yourself here um is yose a friend or yeah, he like raised me. This is my boy. Yosei, me and Yosei go way back. It's honestly surprised he hasn't made you laugh at all. I thought you had no sense of humor. I was worried about you. Is Yosei with us here now? Absolutely, bro. My boy don't ever leave. I'm kind of just looking at him like mostly confused but not wanting to upset him in some way because I don't see anybody. <laughs> Just la- dude, you don't gotta clown him. I know he looks like a dog. <laughs> so I see, I notice that there's a dog with us, and I'm like, oh, you're familiar, speaks with you? No, no, I meant, uh, he's, you say he's talking about you, bro. I'm not, he's not trying to be disrespectful. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, there's no dog. Gotcha, okay. Not there's no um, person. There's only cogs. There's two cogs still. Your cogs are still around you. But there doesn't appear to be anybody or anything in the space that Tengen is indicating to. Pause. Yeah. What's a cog? Cogs are your um, uh, 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 beholders, yeah. the giant orbs. That's right. That's okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. so. All right. All yeah. right. So they're still with us at all times, right? Yeah. yeah, they're just there in the background. A lot of the time, oh, we don't bring them up. All right. I thought so. All right. Yeah. Digo just is kind of, or Goaty, rather, is kind of like, sure, like, he's, he's, not gonna question it really like he's experienced more bizarre things than a person that seemingly is talking to themselves yeah all right well i appreciate uh this man not getting upset at yosei's disrespectful marks to him at all times <laughs> i feel like he was flaming him yeah yosei's saying a lot of shit and i appreciate Goaty's cool-headedness to just let all that slide off the shoulder that's mm-hmm. why i trust him even more mm-hmm Hell yeah. All right. So yeah, Goaty's just kind of like lazily wagging his tail. Like, I got no idea what's going on, but um, keeping my wits about me. Cool. This is a good talk. This was good for us. I'm going to continue to hide because USA says these guys are coming and my man ain't never lie. Goaty's definitely more like, again, like very intentional with where he's looking now. He's checking every piece of the horizon that he can see without like spinning circles. There's no wind. The trees are still. Sun beats down. Goaty's going to really try to listen for, like, since the wind is, you know, down and there's probably not all that much other things. He's going to listen for anything that seems kind of outside of the ordinary, like possibly any distant footsteps or possibly some distant whispering or anything like that. I'm trying to get to the highest I can see without still staying camouflaged to just see all around us. 
you hear a tiny rustle as Tangan climbs the trees and a bit of breath and then silence again. And then you hear a sound of air being cut. And you feel on your ear a trickle. He puts his paw to his ear to be like, what the fuck was that? Blood. Another whoosh. And suddenly you see in front of you a glint of something flying at your face. Dodges out of the way as best as he can. You dodge out of the way and it embeds itself in a tree, a throwing star. Now you see a shadow move from behind the trees and approach. You up in the tree can see that there is a movement behind the leaves and you recognize a silhouette. No way. It cannot be him. Launching out of the trees, you see a cat, black and garb, flying toward you, Godikari. Um, A sword is pulled. You see the flash of steel, and it's coming down at your head. Uh, He's going to sweep out of the way and try to catch him with a hook in the gut. All right, roll 2d6. That's an 11. You succeed. You move out of the way, and your knee catches the hip of the attacking fiend. He rolls off your knee to another side of you, to your right side of you, and he strikes again with his sword, thrusting at your torso. I'm going to try to sweep his legs. Okay, you go for the sweep. Add your dex. That is a four. You go for the sweep and he leaps over you and continuing the thrust. Now he is fully in the air sideways and this blade crashes with your chest. You feel a bit of steel pierce your body. Even though you've experienced a lot of hardening and you're able to withstand a lot of blows, that iron coat of yours feels a bit of piercing damage. As this katana plunges into your body, you feel cold and you take six damage I'd like to throw two kunai from the tree all right roll 2d6 add your decks add my decks I can't find it. oh there it is it's two uh eight it's a partial success. You throw two kunai. Uh, however, um, your volley makes you uh, in danger. Um, you've now given up your position. I'd like to jump towards them as, like, well, after throwing those. All right. You jump towards him now that you've um, thrown those two kunai. The kunai. Um, one succeeds and uh, deals a heavy blow uh, to his clavicle. You see it strike right below his neck. 
then the fact you've jumped out of your position, he knows where you are. You're both now jumping at each other, and his blade is pulled from Godi's chest and is now being thrust upward into your position. You can see this blade approach you. It's coming closer and closer. And you can see the face of this cat, this Khajiit. You recognize Miyoto Katana. Miyoto, you ho. Uh... I'd like to use Khajiit reflex to just backwards thrust in the air if I can just like backflip out of it, mm-hmm. uh, just out of reach of his katana. Yeah, you, you're able to succeed. You do a backflip and the blade sails over you as you uh, flip backward away from the attack. Now he goes from his thrust into a downward strike and he's slashing down at you. I'd like to draw my short blade to uh, block. All right, roll 2d6. Add your strength. Nine. All right. Uh, You're able to block the attack. Uh, The blades crash against each other, and a little bit of a notch is taken out of your short sword as well as his katana. They lock, and you struggle against each other. He's trying to press down with his blade, and he's trying to pull toward himself at the same time in a slashing motion uh, in order to get out of this locked blade uh, with you, but you're holding him back. I'd like to thrust our hands downward to knee him in the chin. All right, you try to knee him in the chin. Roll 2d6 and add your strength. Let's go 11. All right, you succeed. You knee him. uh, Where would you like to knee him? Uh, just directly under the chin or across yeah, it. Right. Uh, he takes it on the chin, and that sends him sailing back. Uh, he manages to hang on to his sword, and he uh, goes from a uh, falling position, falling backward with his chin. He catches himself uh, and stumbles back into a attack position. He measures up the two of you um, and sees Godi is bleeding and he recognizes you, Tengen. Warlords. <laughs> Where is your friend? <laughs> Would you possibly have something to do with this? <laughs> think that guy was my friend i'm talking i'm here for my family i don't care about any of that i'm gonna i just i stop talking and use great fireball technique all right what's your technique do uh let's see uh spend one ninjutsu roll dex roll plus dex on a hit you get a shot um you get your shot on a seven nine choose one all right go ahead and roll roll 2d6 add your dex Six, seven, eight. All right, so choose one of those. Put yourself in danger to get the shot. Uh, it takes more power than you expected. Spend one. I would just, I'll put myself in danger to get the shot. Okay. A great fireball is emitted from your hands. Uh, you see, you feel the flames fly toward him. Um, and he... Uh, takes 
the brunt of the explosion. Uh, deal your damage die. Four. All right. So four damage. Um, the clothes, the robes he's wearing are singed, and you can smell burnt hair in the air. Uh, there is a fresh burn wound on his chest, and he laughs. Um, <laughs> the runt of your clan. <laughs> and he returns fire. A fireball blast is sent back at you, and you've put yourself in danger taking the blow. Um, you're unable to move out of your position quickly enough. There's like a recovery time after that fireball stance. So you take the hit and you are dealt uh, six damage. Uh, there's something angry in his flames while yours, uh, your fireball was more of a spherical shape and more orderly. His was more wild and it looks like um, Corona's jetting off of the sun. Uh, he then fires another fireball in Godi's direction. I'm going to try to dodge out of the way of that. That is an 11. All right. I'm assuming I'd work with Dex. Yeah. Yeah, so 11. Um, or you would, um, I guess, add your strength because this is hack and slash. Oh, so that would be 14. All right, excellent. So you can also, with this, uh, return and attack. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of like do like a leap forward underneath of it and mm-hmm. try to like wrap up his legs. Okay. Yeah, you leap forward underneath, you succeed, and you grab at his legs in a grapple. Um, It is now a test of strength for him to escape, so roll uh, 2d6 and add your strength. That is... 9. He breaks free of this leg lock, he pulls, he jumps out of your grasp, both feet in the air, and then has his blade swing down and with both hands on the hilt of his blade is going to try to plunge down with this blade. I'm going to do kind of like a spinny like leg attack, like spin around on my back and like try to hook my legs behind his. Mm -hmm. So again, add your strength. That is a 10. You succeed. What would you like to do with this leg lock? Uh, so basically, like, use my strength to fucking, like, pull him down to the ground with the strength of my legs. Yeah. Like, his, kind of like, so that he's on his uh, torso. All right, yeah. Face down. His strike goes awry. He, his sword is still in hand, but now he is belly down in the dirt uh, and locked up in your legs. I'd like to take the opportunity to jump into position to throw kunai. All right. Uh, but just aiming at his hand that's holding the sword. All right, so roll 2d6 and add your dex. Nine, wait, plus 10, 11. Bam. All right, complete success. Two can I, uh, you throw two or one? Uh, two. You throw two. Um, 
one lands on the back of his hand and uh, pierces his flesh. You can see fresh blood. And then another uh, lands on a finger holding the blade. And at the same time, uh, gash puts a gash in that finger and knocks the blade out of his hand. Uh, his hand is now bleeding and uh, with his other hand, he grabs the kunai out of his hand that you just put there and is now throwing it back at you from this belly position. Uh, back at you, Tangan. Like the dodge. All right. And throw a return kunai. All right. Roll 2d6, add your decks. Oh, no. Uh, four. All right. This kunai catches you and... Uh, deals two damage, striking your arm, your non-dominant arm. Uh, all right. Uh, from his leg lock position, he now tries to get out of the lock by um, pulling uh, his upper torso toward your head, uh, Godi. I'm going to hammer fist his liver. All right, roll 2d6, add your strength. That is 11. All right, you strike, finding the liver. He exhales from the blow. Um, A spout of blood erupts from his mouth and trickles down his face. Uh, He tries to defend himself with his left hand and with his right goes for... Uh, inside his robe, pulling out a uh, knife, knife as well, a small dagger, and begins to uh, or attempts to attack your throat. I'm gonna grab his wrist. Okay, which wrist? The wrist with the knife. Yep. And then add strength as well. Mm-hmm. Thirteen. All right, you succeed in grabbing his wrist. I'm gonna break his fucking wrist. All right, you break his wrist. And you can feel it snap in your paws. You feel the bones move and separate. And you can hear the pop. Um, He, like, muffles a uh, shriek. And with his blocking hand, reaches in the other side of his robe now with his left hand pulling out another kunai and is going to try to stab you in the neck again. I like to throw kunai again. I'm going to throw two more. All right, roll and add your decks. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. All right. Uh, Great. You have a partial success, so you can uh, choose to put yourself in more danger, subtract a D6 of damage, or um, reduce your ammo more. Uh, I'll reduce ammo. All right. So those two kunai you threw are your last kunai. You feel you're empty, but they succeed. So roll uh, two of your damage dies. Two, two of the D8s. Six. Yep. Two. All right. Uh, they land uh, expertly. Where would you like them to strike? Uh, I'd like for one to land in his face. Yep. And the other one to hit the hand that he was coming at Goaty with. All right. Yeah, that hand, again, you strike this hand, piercing the back of the hand. He drops the kanai in that hand, and then you can see the other kanai you threw uh, land just under his eye socket and pierce into his like mouth and face, uh, his jaw. Uh, he uh, pulls the uh, 
Knai out of his face first um, with his left hand. He's pulling because his right wrist is broken. So he pulls with his left hand the Knai out of his face uh, and he tries to uh, slash at your legs, Godi. Uh, so I don't know if I can do this, but with one hand, I'm going to twist this because I still have his broken wrist in my paws. So I'm going to try, I'm going to let loose of one paw. I'm going to twist his fucking broken wrist and try to stop it with his, with his other. So I don't know, do I need to roll two actions then? Just 2d6 and add your strength. Sick. So that is seven. It's a partial success. You're able to hold his wrist in position and do a little bit more damage inflicting on that so that his strike is a slightly off aim. However, with your other hand, you are unable to block the attack and the kunai uh, slashes into your tough skin. You can feel the blade uh, make a fresh cut in the air, rush across your open wound. You are dealt to damage and the lock on that leg is broken. He's able to wriggle free. He rolls out of position quickly. Um, you're still hanging on to his wrist, though, but now his legs are free. So he rolls kind of like a gator. And you can uh, see that on the ground, he um, is uh, using with his teeth to grab the knai out of his left hand and he is then going to try to get in close, pulling his right arm into you, Godi, to try to uh, slash using the canine his teeth at your throat. I'm going to try to, like, so I'm, like, on the ground. So is he still on the ground, though? Yeah. So I'm going to try to, like, jujitsu maneuver my way into getting his fucking broken-wristed arm into, like, a arm bar. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and roll. Add your strength. That is an eight. Um, the armbar nearly succeeds. You get in one hook, but um, the uh, roll that he's in, it doesn't hook him at the right angle, so his hips are still free, and or his, his shoulders still free. Um, and he pulls it in close enough to uh, get at your throat, and with the kunai, he manages to, like, lunge... And he deals some damage to that tendon in your front of your throat. He does a small uh, little gash into your throat, dealing uh, four damage at your throat. You can feel hot blood trickle down your chest. And you can feel his breath at your face, breathing deep, this cat and these fangs at the collar of your furry neck. I'd like to take the kunai out of my shoulder that he threw at me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I'd like to throw it at him and start rushing towards them. All right. Roll 2d6, add your dex. Bam. Nice. Uh, that's 12, 13, 14. All right. Where would you like the kunai to hit? Uh, between his eyes. Yeah, it lands. The kunai lands right between his eyes. You can uh, see that the blade uh, goes about an inch into his skull, um, and you're still rushing at him. He's on the floor, right? Yep. Still? All right. I'd like to just... Drop kick that kunai deeper, if mm. I could. All right, go for it. Add, roll 2d6 and add your strength. Ten. You succeed. Narrate it. Go. All right, well, I'm running as fast as humanly, as fast as kajitly possible. And I'm going on all fours. And then I'm jumping with a huge, probably like, I don't know, four yards. At, and then I'm thrusting my 
cat, I don't even know, shinobi feet just into the kunai and then trying to hit him directly as possible. And you succeed. Yeah, your heel um, catches the back of the kunai's hilt and buries the blade deep past the hilt into his skull and it fractures and splits his skull and it divides his face. Um, You can see that uh, blood explodes out of his uh, neck and face and just showers you up uh, upward sprays of blood and all over Godi as well laying there holding this broken wrist um, the cat uh, goes limp uh, there is a pool of blood around the three of you and uh, the cog for Miyoto Katana um, floats away a dot has been erased from the map. Ah, you say, did you see that? <laughs> that was crazy. Godi, you're the man. I just want to praise Godi, and I'm, like, overly positive towards him. Godi kind of, like, shuffles off of his back, just bloodied his shit. Like, his chest is fucking slid. His throat's fucked up. His leg is cut, and he's just kind of, like, catching his breath because... Every fucking moment of that was chaos for him, so he was barely aware of how he like how the fucking cat died because he was so locked in fucking combat that all of a sudden this thing's just like dead. So he shuffles off, kind of collects himself, and is like, "You saved my life, dude. You have no idea. That was the worst person we could have ever come across, and I don't think I could have done it without you." Are there more like him? I've encountered another ninja but uh i don't know if this was the same one i I think it was yeah yeah this is the worst possible person i mean i think that this was the hardest person in the tournament honestly i'll just rock with you the rest of this tournament just to see how this goes because that's the whole reason why i came here was for this goni kind of nods and is looking down at his wounds his mostly toughened skin was able to get like slashed so he's like still looking at all the potential weapons that were nearly embedded in him so he's still just kind of like his steel resolve is no not, maybe slightly notably shaken his stoicism has been cracked just a tad his confidence isn't necessarily rocked but his he's not as sure of himself as he has been from his previous encounters he's now come as close to mortality as he has in a very long time I'd like to uh, check the body because I just have trust issues and I want to, like, just Tengen to be checking the body of Katana. Roll 2d6 and add your... Okay. Add your dex. Nine. Wait. Yeah, nine, sorry. The body explodes. You're immediately hit with a pressure wave and heat wrapping around you as the ball of flame expands and encompasses you, as well as Godi, who is still in the vicinity. Um, you're 
blown back as the thrust of the force knocks you off your feet and you can you you feel uh, immediately hit and then you don't feel a lot uh, your ears are ringing um, you're covered in blood and guts uh, you're dazed. Goaty's shaking his head and kind of hitting his ears, like, completely out of it for now. I'm checking to see if you say is okay. Uh, Tengen is definitely worried. Angry that even in death this man is still trying to kill me. Uh, say appears to be fine. Uh... Tengen saying to Godi, hey, don't trip on that guy too much. I mean, I know he's exploding still, but that guy is literally of a different planet. No heart and soul. Godi kind of nods his head, clearly like, yeah, yeah, that's this is bizarre, for sure. Uh, He's seen a lot of shit, but not exploding dead bodies before. But um, he does look for the katana, which slashed him. Uh, the blade was flung in the explosion and cast far away, but you see it uh, embedded into a tree, like sideways. He walks up to it and kind of drives it into the tree a little bit more and like chops the fucking blades at, at a point where it would snap off. Yeah, the blade breaks at the notch where that was formed from the block that Tangan had made. He picks up the fucking hilt and just hucks it as hard as he fucking can he disappears into the trees if you didn't do it I would have did it (laughs) nice um like to take the time to assess the wounds that I have yeah likewise you both are dealing with seven damage uh from that explosion shit Goaty's fucked up yeah I'm almost dead bro Goaty's gonna... He has one healing potion. And... Just as fucked up as he is and kind of shell-shocked, his, he's not as... gentlemanly as he normally would, and he just fucking shoots it back without a second thought. Yeah. Uh, you heal... Does it say on there what it is? It does not. Let me... I think it's... Maybe we'll say like 2d4... Like, plus your level. Does your armor do something for your total HP, or does it do something for... It does something for when the, you get the damage calculation. You subtract armor from the total amount of damage dealt. Oh, that's... It says, when you drink an entire healing potion, heal yourself of damage 10, or remove one debility. Oh, okay. So, so you go. to 17. Excellent. So, yeah. Uh, and does that have multiple uses, or is that it? That was the one thing. Okay. So realizing what he's done now that he's more clear-headed and kind of his wounds are, he's like, oh, shit. I should have shared that. Hmm. Uh, that brings me at seven. Um, I'm good. Uh, I just, do I need to, if I had a life pack, I would have that written. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't have one. Um, all right. Well, I just uh, insist that everything, like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And that 
We gotta go get an extra med pack in case you say needs one. Hmm. Uh, in my mind, you say is really fucked up. <laughs> and like looking at Tangan Godi, you see he is very fucked up. He is not in good shape. He feels a immediate sense of regret for not considering his friend, but knows there's nothing more they can he can do other than use his renowned strength to help look for solutions. Yeah. So he kind of starts looking around the area, see, making sure that it's safe, and says, we're too injured to do much more than camp for now. Let's calm down a little bit, regain our senses, get a little bit more of the surroundings, make sure that we're safe, and we'll see what we can do to get you patched up. Yeah, I look for anything, uh, any kunai around me that have like been in battle that I lost. So I'm just collecting the ones from his body or the ones that flew from the explosion, uh, the ones that missed. And then I'm kind of just going to retreat still to stay hidden in the tree or something. Um, I don't know if it's something I can do, but possibly look around for any sort of uh, like materials that could possibly like be used as like makeshift bandages or anything like that to at least you know patch up any ex- extremely exposed wounds, like any sort of useful leaves and twine or anything like that yeah why don't you roll 2d6 and add your wisdom so that's a 10 all right you succeed in finding materials that can be used to make bandages using the uh uh branches of reeds uh you um split them down the middle and create um like very basic rope, just split reeds that are very bendy and you can kind of tie them into knots and then using some of the broader leaves of the bushes and plants that are abundant in the Queen's Garden, you can create a kind of bandage and you uh, help uh, tie on some of these bandages. Uh, You're also able to recognize with that uh, role that um, there are some... Uh, 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 nettles, a kind of plant that if you use the root uh, can be used and ground up to create a kind of uh, uh, antiseptic, a salve that can keep the wound kind of clean and free from infection. So you apply that to the leaves and you bind the leaves with the split reeds and you create a makeshift bandage. So I do all that and offer it up to Tangan to say, hey, kind of fucked up. Let me be out a little bit you know they should at least deal with the wounds make sure that they don't get worse than they are Tengen super appreciative hugs him and then offers to smoke a joint that he brings out of his pocket Godi in the throes of now the battle is over nods his head and is just like yes (laughs) absolutely alright well I use the bandages then we start to set up camp Night falls. Um, the two of you enjoy a bit of smoke before uh, settling in. Um, you are ready to uh, lay down for a long rest, which you can use to uh, heal some HP, and you need to take shifts between the two of you. So, who's going to have first watch and who's going to have second? 
Mm, well, I offer Godi to pick first. Godi will take second watch to make sure that uh, Tangan can get his immediate rest, and then that way he can also wake me if he needs assistance. <clears throat> All right. Uh, the two of you make it through the night. Um, you are undisturbed. Sick. Um, you heal with your long rest. Let me find that. Both uh, consume some of uh, you. Both consume a dungeon ration. Um, you can heal damage equal to half your max HP. So max is total max or max at the moment? Your total max. Gotcha. Yeah. Six. I am. You can go to half. You said. You heal half of your total HP. So, what's your oh, your okay. total pool usually? Is nineteen. So you would heal. We'll round up ten. Seventeen. And back up to twenty-six. Tanky as shit. Tanked. Uh, boy. And you're able to recover uh, six kunai. Okay, sick. Uh, the wounds that you uh, experience in the fight are beginning to heal. However, the burns are significant and you can feel uh, that your skin is still like fresh and exposed to the air and that there is a risk of infection if you do not treat the burns correctly. Where are the burns at? Uh, they exploded in your front for both of you. So, like, your chest, stomach, uh, your shoulders and arms, and your face. Uh, He's going to look around for more of those uh, salves yeah. like, type things to make, like, a makeshift just lotion-type situation to rub on those. Yeah, you spend a good deal of the morning finding these plants, and luckily they are abundant in the Queen's Garden. They have been cultivated here. Um, you find many of them enough to make uh, a potion of salve for both of you. Uh, and you basically just crush them up, add water from the spring, uh, and they will do the work. Uh, they have enzymes in them that help break down the kinds of things that could lead to infection. And at the same time, I uh, refill my water skin. All right, you refill your water. But... I like a tank in to say I'm, we're low, uh, I don't know about you I'm running a little low on uh, rations here we may need to find a town or scavenge for some food and otherwise gonna be running out here soon yeah I'd agree I, we need to find some immediately that was the last joint I had so look at the, uh, the Cody pulls up his map to look at the nearest civilization the closest is Alal you are very close to the center of the city at this point the center of the map in which case He's looking at it and weighs whether or not it's better to scavenge for local full, like local berries, things that they can hang on to, like nuts and stuff like that, versus the 
trip to Alal. Yeah, I'd like to refill some water too and see if there's anything uh, from his body that exploded that we could still use because I feel like now it's daytime there's light out maybe we could find something that he was holding on to um, sure you refill a water skin uh, and you check around the blast area there are uh, bits and pieces of this Khajiit everywhere uh, the pouch of coins that he held of gold are scattered uh, like shrapnel into the trees and strewn across the uh, jagged hillsides. Um, The uh, clothes he was wearing are shredded and burned um, and the weapons that you have found appear to be the only weapons that were available. Um... Anything else is fragments or dust. Tengen laughing at you says jokes. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, returns to Godi, almost in disbelief that it's over. Uh, just to be like, hey man, all right, well, whatever you want to do, man, I'll rock with you. You helped me kill the one guy that I was trying to kill, so I'll return the favor on helping you. You know, this had... Kind of, that's just kind of his, doesn't really say too much at that point. He's kind of lost in thought, like looking at the map and weighing out how long he thinks it might take to get to the, to uh, Alal there. Uh, you reckon by the map, it would be another two days travel. I th- yeah, so he takes a look after looking at the map, he looks at Tang and says, we don't really have enough food for travel at the moment. I think our best opportunity here, this seems like the most lush area with wildlife and possible nutrients let's hang out here it's a risky maneuver but I'd rather look for food here where we know that we can possibly we have access to water and plants that are growing chances of getting some sort of food here are better than if we were to start walking yeah as long as there's no dots on us next to the map I doubt anyone will be as strong as Katana but I'm down to yeah I'll scavenge with you yeah so and then you, I'll stay on the outskirts uh, just because I feel like I can see and scout better to make sure no one ambushes. Yeah, Cody's going to kind of look around at some of the trees, see if any of them are bearing, like, you know, nuts that look vaguely edible, things that he might recognize. It's an unfamiliar landscape, but hoping that he might be able to see something that is edible. Same with berries, anything that anything that can be easily carried. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're able to find nuts and berries, a few edible plants and roots. Um, you're able to fill uh, four dungeon rations for each of you. Um, total of eight. Um, and it's quite a lot of pickings. Uh, mushrooms and um, berries and nuts and roots and leaves and stems and all kinds of things you even find a couple of bits of small game little uh creatures uh, like mice and um squirrel even to uh add to that mix of rations um you're stocked up. You're looking at the map. There don't appear to be any dots around you except for the three that are in a law that appear to be fixed. They're directly in the center of the city. Um, as you continue to forage and you're also approaching a law, you can get a sense that 
the air shifts that it you can feel something like a wave um, pushing and pulling um, this kind of rocking motion in the air uh, the wind comes and then it goes and it's got this ebb and flow and it feels that when you're facing a law um, you can feel a pull and a push emanating from that center. You say has a bad feeling about a law, man. Digo's or Godi, I keep wanting to call him Digo for some reason. Godi is he's unsettled, but he's doing his best not to show it. I said after his brush with death right there, his confidence is definitely wavering, especially in the face of this new sensation that is completely foreign to him. Do you recommend we just head towards Allah then still? Yeah. Godi's, now that they've replenished and they have their water skins, are as ready as they could possibly be. So they All right, uh, check like the time and make sure that we're uh, not leaving it like a, like not le- like checking out in the evening or anything like that. No, yeah, it's um, it took you some time to do that amount of foraging. It's you know uh, middle of the afternoon, at this point or late afternoon. It took you a lot of the the rest of the morning and the middle of the day. Get going a little bit, keep it a short trek. Uh, not really keep it a very low pace. Not like a travel pace. Very much a let's see how far we can get while we while the sun is still up. Kind of travel pace. Yeah, you make it uh, to within a day and a half of a law. Um, and I think uh, we'll end it there. Um, All right. You are on your way to a law. We'll see what happens. Uh, do you guys have anything that you would like to plug or talk about? This episode will come up pretty much. I'll put this out right away. Um. Only thing I can really say is come out to the Beachwood Lounge if you are in Des Moines every Tuesday. There's an open mic there, and I host every third Tuesday. So if you're a listener, you might see me. Once a month, I host at Teehees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just wherever you can see me do comedy. Uh, I guess Instagram is at uh, anime underscore Jorge. Is it underscore or underscroll? Underscore. Underscore, see? Yeah. Feels like. Feels like it's a losing thing. <laughs> Feels like that's the worst thing. You don't want to underscore. You want to overscore. <laughs> so, energy overscore anime. Big energy overscore. Jorge, the way you want to spell whore and hey. <laughs> All right. Yes. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thank you for listening to episode four of Warlords. But don't worry, another episode is coming up right now. Sick. Welcome back to Des Moines and Dragons. My name is Tim Overton. I am still your dungeon master, and with me now is a new player. We present Warlords Crisis Tournament. Shen Li, you find yourself in the village of your childhood. Uh, in front of you are your mother and father. Your mother, uh, Shu, and your father, Chin, are looking at you lovingly and approvingly, you have just demonstrated your worth to the village. Um, 
the quarry that your father Chin owns uh, is a resource of very essential minerals, salts, and things that are important to survival in this world. And your mother, who uh, searches the forest for um, herbs and things to sustain life, are uh, also very important to your village. And you have just accomplished the feat of gathering resources from both domains. Um, you notice that the people in the village are happy that they look lovingly at your mother and father and that they look now lovingly at you. Um, Shenley, you are now a young man and there is a crack in the earth. There is a hole opening up a cavern, a canyon now separating the village into two halves, dividing the forest and the quarry. Uh, your village screams out, sounds of pain, fire. The earth trembles. Um, the sky darkens. You sense that things have changed. Something underneath your skin shifts, and the world will never be the same. You look at your mother and father, your mother's shoe, now cast on the other side of the chasm in the forest, and your father Chin in the quarry, caring for his workers, trying to survive the rock falls and dangers therein. Now, Shen, the disaster has passed, and a small twist of fate, of Zen, the balance to the equation, your parents find fortune. Your mother's shoe in the forest finds ancient roots uh, deep in the holes uh, created by the shattering. These ancient roots are used for salves and things that are very potent medicines that now provide your family with great wealth, um, especially at a time of crisis when medicine is needed. Your father, Chin, in the quarry, explores the chasm created by the shattering and finds rare gems great riches within the once minimally profitable quarry now burst forth with treasures. You look at your mother and father. They do not look at you with the same love. Shenli, now you are a slightly older man. You are in your late teens. The village no longer looks at you lovingly. They no longer see your parents lovingly. They've now changed. They've become disaffected, no longer invested in the community of your village. The riches that have bought them, that were brought to them by the shattering, have now displaced them, and the divide in your village is now represented in your family. Um, Shenli, you speak with your father, Chin. Boy, I told you. The people of this village are fools. If only they would listen to me. Many years ago, this all could have been avoided. But we need to help them. <sighs> help now. The only thing you can help is yourself. Remember that. When you were a poor quarryman, they, they still stood by you as a community. 
but you've let the riches under the earth blind you. Now look at them stealing from me, Shen. They're they dying. take. We're all dying, Shen. You're living in luxury. You're profiting off the worst disaster to happen in this world. I've had enough of this. Get out of my sight. Chin leaves. Your mother, Shu, walks through the village. Um, you catch her eye and she approaches. Shen, what's the matter? Uh, nothing, just father. Don't listen to him. Surely you know better. Well, of course. I mean, with all of the medicine that our village is producing now, we need to focus on how our exports and how well our uh, distribution markets are working. If if we can continue to produce salves from the ancient roots, then perhaps there would be enough reprieve in the surrounding villages that they would be able to provide more resources to our own. Don't we have enough? Can't you just give the salves out? We may have enough for today, but what about tomorrow, Shen? I've seen the roots. I've helped you gather them. You know there's enough. Mm. You seem to know much more than you do. Shen, would you do me a favor and please collect more of those ancient roots? We need more medicine, and I'm very busy. Shen is disgusted. He says, no, unless what I gather goes to the people for free. I'm not gathering another root. Shen, mm, honey, we can't do that. I raise my voice and just scream at her. I've had enough. This has been building for probably months, if not years at this point. And it disgusts me. Shen, you look at your mother, father, and no longer recognize them. From this day forward, you pledge to fix the shattering. We go forward in time. You've left your village in search of an answer to the shattering and how it can be fixed, restoring the world to its former order. You find a guild, the Guild of Reconstructivists. The Reconstructivists were formed after the shattering in order to bring back the world to order. As the shattering divided the world into many different rocky outcrops, the reconstructivist goal is to actually literally bring the planet back together, traveling around crisis in hopes of finding ways of restoring the land so that order can be restored. The reconstructivists divide themselves into two groups, bonders and breakers. Their leader, Chao Xu, looks at you now, lovingly. Shen, welcome. Thank you for having me. You will do well in our guild. Shen, you must choose a path. Well, I think my heart lies in my strength. I want to be a, a breaker. <laughs> I see that in you. Our talks these many days we've now been visiting are illuminating. I most love the story you tell of your mother. What did she say? The seed. The seed that breaks the rock. Yes, that'll be you, Shen. Ah, uh, yes. 
She said, even the seedling can break a rocky surface. Yes, very true. Life is tenacious. Isn't it, though? Shen, you will be one of our breakers. Uh, we travel forward in time. You go through a process of breaking your body. The breakers, in name and in spirit, embody the idea of destruction doing harm to their own bodies, and then through healing magic, restoring their bones to a greater density, a greater strength, until your very skeleton and being is imbued with magic, hardening you to the world. Chao Shu looks at you lovingly. Shen, it's time to pair up. I found the perfect bonder for you. I wait. Welcome. Come in, Simon. Uh, a young man uh, enters of dark complexion. He looks at you and acknowledges the strength in you. Uh, within, the, within the camp of the guild, uh, there is constant sizing up of uh, each other and the powers of who will be the one to restore Krasis. And Simon Masner, your new partner, sees the strength in you and as you do in him. Simon, being a powerful bonder, has found ways to connect earth to earth, um, restoring cracks and restoring the gravity in places where the rocks have floated off towards space, away from the planet of Krasis. Small things, small mechanisms of magic. Not much, it doesn't do well. The hold, uh, the grip on the planet doesn't last for very long. But it's a start, and Simon's efforts have been the most um, gain that the guild has seen in since their formation. Uh, hi, hi, <laughs> hi, Simon. <laughs> um, Shen, it's it's very nice to meet you. Yeah, I've <clears throat> definitely seen you before, um, <laughs> though we've never spoken. <laughs> um, Seems we're always hustling and bustling past <laughs> each other. <laughs> Lots to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I look forward to working with you. Yeah, as, as well as I do to you. Simon looks at you lovingly. You look back lovingly. We move forward in time. The guild has struggled with being able to produce results. The magic is dying throughout the world as the gods are no longer connected to this plane or this realm. The planet itself being destroyed, those gods of construction and life and preservation are weakened and are no longer able to provide their patrons with the magic they need to restore the planet. Frustrated by these developments, Chao Shu rages. He no longer looks at you lovingly. Uh, Shen! Shen! Yeah, yes. Something has to change. The breakers are doing their job, but the bonders. Yeah, they're trying their best. It's Simon's not been making enough. strides. It's not enough. We have to do more. What do you suggest? We need more numbers. Whether they like it or not, we need to recruit more people to our cause. Yes, more bonders. More. Shen, if we are to restore order to Krasis, we have to start with the people. More was broken than just the planet. The people of Krasis are no longer bonded. We need to bring them together under one roof. 
stand in astonishment. What are you suggesting? Order, Shen. I am suggesting order. It sounds as though you're suggesting chaos. So, what do you want to do? I will bring the world together, Shen. Yeah. We move forward in time. The guild has now split. Chao Shu and his extremist followers have gone off on their own path. The remaining reconstructivists continue to do research into the bonding, improving on their powers, but to little, pro to little progress. You speak with Simon. He looks at you lovingly. Shen, this, I don't know what we're doing anymore. I know it's tough. That's what makes it worth it. What if... I don't know. What if it doesn't work? What if... What if we can't figure this out? We've got to try. Everybody that lives on this world, we owe it to them. I owe it to my community. Sometimes I think you're the bonder, Shen. <laughs> uh, yeah. We have a little bit of both in all of us, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose we do. Maybe I need to do my own breaking. Shen, let's let's leave. Let's let's figure this out together. You and I, we're the best in the guild. We can do this. Let's do it. All right. Let's head out. Okay. We'll leave tomorrow. We move forward in time. You and Simon have journeyed far. In your journeys, you've heard talk in the many outcrops and little villages, the little camps that have survived the shattering. In the insane ramblings of nobles in rags and the quiet whispers of women without sight, there are whispers of a tournament starting, a grand tournament that will bring the world together, a wish your wish, one that can restore everything, and to the winner goes the spoils. You speak with Simon. He looks at you lovingly. Shen, I think this is it. I agree. How do we, how do we find this? How do we enter? I, I don't know. Maybe somebody in the countryside will know. Okay, let's, let's keep searching. We have to try. We move forward in time. A portal opens in front of you, Shen. Um, I stand my guard. I don't know if I've ever seen a portal before. You never have. I don't think portal magic is very common. It is very <laughs> uncommon. This is the most magic that you have seen since you were a very young child okay. before the shattering. So seeing as I'm very close range, I'm going to uh, sort of back up, mm -hmm. maybe hide behind a tree and see what's going on until I can size up what's happening. Shen, I think this is it. I think this is what they were talking about. This is this is the, the start of the tournament, I think. Is it? You're, uh, you're the one that's been doing the research. Well, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but I have never seen anything like this. And it's strong magic. Okay. What do you think we were going to expect here? Well, they said to enter the tournament, you have to step into the portal. All right. I step out from behind the tree, and I kind of stand up a little taller. Now that I have Simon's, uh, you know, ideas behind me, I'm going to have a little more courage here. And I'm like, so I'm going to go through then. 
you step through the portal. As Shen is about to follow you, the portal closes. No. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> the last look you see is of Simon, eyes wide, scared, and the portal closes. You are in a dark battlefield, a foggy landscape. All around you is darkness. You hear the noises of battle, war cries, blood-curdling screams. Behind you, you hear an eruption of fire and see a jet of flame erupt from a great maw in its form, its silhouette, cast by the flames. The sounds of steel on steel of great beasts Many, many pounds are crushed in battle. Around you is complete darkness. What do you do? I'm going to steal myself, you know, make myself ready for anything that's about to come. Um, and I'm going to slowly make my way towards that fire breathing maw. You make your way slowly um, as you progress slowly, feeling your way through the darkness, the sounds of battle increase, the flames grow hotter, the light being cast begins to cast new shadows. Um, men in pale teal armor clash swords with orcs and with fairies and with goblins, with bugbears, with trolls, with humans, with elves, with dwarves. Every race of Krasis represented here in this battle. In front of you is a great green dragon. You see a jet of green air of smoke pour out and then fall away and cover the ground. And it chokes out the life of those fighting. And in their screams, the blood boils from their lips and their flesh melts from their bones. A kobold runs up the back of this dragon, and you see it throw a potion into the maw of this dragon, and that green smoke erupts into a great flame and bursts into flame and, and, and destroys the, the many uh, combatants in front of the, the dragon and this kobold. Um, in behind you, um, in just... Above you and beyond you in the sky, there is a great tower, um, and it's um, several stories high. Uh, but uh, as of right now, it appears that the construction is mainly a foundation, despite its great height. Um, well, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Cobalt uh, is running up a green dragon's back. Yeah. Um, the teal, the guys in the teal armor, are they all the different races as well? Is it just... It's mostly them? humans in the teal armor. Hmm. So, I think initially, because we're all a little racist, mm -hmm. I might feel safer or more camaraderie with the humans. Mm -hmm. And so I might, like, make my way toward them. Mm -hmm. I still don't know if they're friend or foe. Sure. But I'm going to, like, maybe hail one of the, yeah. the teal teal humans you uh try to hail one of the teal humans they see you and then one of them points and screams and then more of the teal guardmen all make eye contact with you as well and now a squad of three are rushing at you 
They are crying, die, warlord. All right, message received. <laughs> uh, the first teal guardsman approaches you and swings with his axe. Okay. <clears throat> so, I guess what I'd like to do mm-hmm. is actually close the distance between us mm-hmm. faster than he's expecting. Okay. Um, there were a couple of things about my character that I think I wanted to ask you about. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't know if now is the time. We definitely can. Okay, real quick. Sure. Real, real, real quick. Okay, so um, as far as this, my signature weapon is my fists. Yes. And I get two, like, uh, special abilities on it. Yeah. That's so why I pick huge. Yeah. Which my fists aren't huge. They're yeah. just really tough. Yeah. Okay, and I also consider kind of my whole body as the weapon. Yes. Okay, cool. But then I also have, the, like, there's a lot of these things, but none of them make sense for fists. Okay. So the best one I could come up with is versatile. Yeah. Where I can add a different range to it. Okay, yeah. Okay, the only range that makes sense is close. Sure. So you go from hand to hand or close. Yeah. And the way I rationalize this is I can close close distance. Yes. As though I were in hand range. Yes. I agree with that. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the only other thing I wanted to change is I'd like to be lawful, but fighters don't allow it. Okay, yeah, you definitely I can. follow my law. Of course. My code. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Great. So that's my rationale for being able to close distance on a melee guy, especially mm-hmm. a guy with an axe. Now yes. I'm like on his hilt. Yes. So before like... he can get that swing down, you're already upon him. Yeah. Yeah. What would you like to do? Um, <clears throat> there's so many things I could do with this guy. <laughs> so let's just... Uh, keep it simple i want to punch the elbow joint of the arm that's holding the axe in the primary arm yeah roll uh hack and slash okay now i test rolled these dice and they are very low okay very good yeah it's not good (laughs) come on dice okay that is uh hack and slash is dice plus strength yep and my strength is 18 so that's a plus three yep so Seven comes ten. All right, that is a definite hit. Deal your damage, and if you would like, you can um, choose to do an additional d6, but expose yourself to the enemy's attack. Um, I can also. <laughs> oh no, it's a twelve plus. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm not going to expose myself. Yeah. To anything. So I think your damage is a d10 plus a d4. Yeah, man, you like know my character better than me. Well, you you typed up a great doc for me, so. Thank you. <laughs> Wow, that's almost max damage, so 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the man's arm becomes crippled. Yeah, the 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 radius and ulna are just jettisoned out of his forearm, the bones exposed, and now the arm holding the weapon, he drops that weapon. He can no longer hold this two-handed weapon. It's a two-handed axe. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, you blast through his arm. You hear it's bone snap. forceful. Yes, so it actually and knocks him spinning. So now he's like off balance and is actually pushed back a little ways. Cool. Hopefully uh, gives me a little room yes. before the next guy comes in. Yes, the next guy That's is now coming in. Yes, he has a spear, a long spear, and is trying to rush at you headlong into you. Okay, so this changes things. Spear has reach. Yep. Uh, longer than close range, yep. I'm guessing. So... <clears throat> Uh, I, I gotta just take a hit and get on, in on him. Sure, I'm I'm close range. Yeah, I have no long range, and that's yeah, that's my weakness. Yep, it's good to have one. Roll that hack and slash. Okay, yeah. Um, let's hold on. Uh, 
let's go in and try to like grapple him. Okay, great. I want to do like judo. Okay, let's guy. do that. So I want to grapple him. Is that yeah. hack and slash? That or is that uh, that I think it's been six danger? months since I've I've played this game. It might. I don't think I'm hacking him in this in this case. Yes. It might be like a defy danger strength. Like. I think it might be. Yes. Yes. Why don't we do that? Yes, let's I'm defy danger. In danger. You are an imminent threat, and you're trying to power it through strength. So, yeah, that would be a 2d6 plus your strength. Okay. Ten? You do what you set out to. The threat doesn't come to bear. Oh, he goes long with the spear, and it goes right past you. You're able to, like, move out of the way in your strength, and now you've got him in a grapple hold. You're able to just get around his mass. And so you're using this sort of judo technique of allowing his momentum to betray him, and now you are upon him, grappling him. And I flip him. You flip him. That's yep. what judo does. You throw him on the ground. Absolutely. Hard. Yes. And he <laughs> lands with a great thud. Yeah. You absolutely deal. Uh, you knock the wind out of this guy. He is completely dazed by the attack and all that heavy armor and landing that hard on the ground. He is out of commission for the moment. The third teal guardsman is now attacking. A bow is drawn and he is going to fire. Oh, great. And how far away from me is he? He, he is uh, middle distance. But sort of, again, I just got a close distance on this guy. Yeah. Um, can I reach down and pick up this guy's spear? Yes, you can. As I'm attempting to close distance? Yes. Okay. I have no intention of using it. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I would... Um, just disarming this guy. I would maybe defy danger with, with decks. Okay. We'll try it. Whatever Game Master says. There we go. Dex. Plus zero. Eight. Yes, so um, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. Uh, I will offer you a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice. You can take the spear and take the arrow, or you can drop the spear and miss the arrow. I'll drop the spear. Yeah. It wasn't worth it. I was going to snap it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's not worth it. He oh. sees you going for the spear, and yep. he fires at that, and you're put off from that but you carry your momentum forward you don't even hesitate in that sense you just okay. like make that mental decision like i'm going for this nope not going for that going to yep. keep going i want to charge right at him he is knocking the next arrow and you're charging at him yeah i you, want to push him as hard as i can yeah you explode through him roll your hack and slash okay so that's um a 15 oh shit which means that's I, a max roll that means i activate smash yes which is kind of my signature move yes here. let's he, see it he loses something yes um but i'm attacking his body in this case yeah so you I can quarter him can i just make him lose his head <laughs> yeah no way for sure all right cool yeah yeah you you cross your arms over your chest and as you explode through him you break both his clavicles and then right through his vertebrae in the back so right through the top of his sternum you just explode through this guy your fists, like using your, your breaker powers, your bones infused with magic, you just literally pop through this guy and the bow and arrow go flying, the armor, the crack in his, his chest plate just straight down like the fissure in your village. Um, he is completely destroyed. The man who was judo thrown is now getting up again and is trying to attack you with that spear one more time. He's going to try and come down at you with the spear. Okay. Um, I want to catch it. Yeah. Great. Uh, let's defy danger with, uh, with uh, let's do, I guess, strength. Okay. 
Eight. So you're able to catch the spear. Um, you can you can stop the spear, but he will um, attack you with a, a dagger in okay. the side. Uh, or you can let the spear fall, and you will take damage from that. <laughs> okay, spear damage or dagger damage? Yeah. I'll uh, I'll clasp the spear. Okay. And, and take it. I'm going to look him yeah. right in the eyes as he stabs me, and I don't show any sense of pain. Your move. I mean, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah, you take, um, let's see, with a dagger, I think that's uh, one of these. So you take, let's say, two damage. Okay. Well, that's nothing to my 25 HP. Yeah, you're solid. A solid tank. So uh, it is your move. Um, I want to be awesome. Yeah. So... <laughs> I need to get that dagger hand under control. Yeah. So I want to grab his dagger okay. hand, but simultaneously I want to snap the yeah. spear yeah. and then turn it on him. Awesome. That's a lot of moves. Attack and slash. Go for it. Okay. Nine. All right. You um, are able to succeed. Uh, you deal your damage to the enemy, and the enemy makes an attack against you. So, so like I missed the... As you, as you are uh, breaking the spear and going for the dagger, he gets a small twist in the dagger as he's trying to like retreat from your grasp. And so that little twist deals a little bit more damage to you. Love it. Digs a little deeper into you, deals three damage. Um, do I still get my damage? You do. On a success there? Yes. Um... It's not my signature weapon. I'm attacking him with the spearhead now. So mm -hmm. now it's just my die. Right? Sure. No, wait. No, no, no. The, the merciless applies to all damage. I, I, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah. <sighs> 12 damage. All right, yeah. You you killed this man. How would you like to kill him? Just slowly. Yeah. I just I put the the, the spearhead in his, in his gut. And yeah. I twist it and I look him in the eye. Yeah. And then I rip it up his chest, and now, I mean, he's done. Yeah, he he's, is split in twain. His grasp of the dagger falls. You still have a dagger in your side. All right, let's pull that out. As you pull that out, the Axeman is now coming at you one more time with his uh, dagger in his offhand. He is going to try and stab you in the face. Um, I have a code, so I'm going to offer him mercy. Okay, how does that look? Say, I just hold my hand up, and I say... You have one chance to stop. <laughs> the and then I motion to his two friends who are a bloody heap and almost ripped in half. The tournament must be stopped. Bring it on then. Uh, and he lunges at your face. Okay. Um, I'm going to punch him in the face. Go for it. Hack it slash. Because I don't care about his dagger. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to close that distance faster than he can. Uh, his head comes off. Yep. Gone. Yeah, just pink mist. Yeah, just skull bits and brains all over the place, and eyeball flies off camera. Chance. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That was fair. Yeah. Uh, we move forward in time. You are now stepping through the portal once again. It beyond it is a clearing. Like the other way. Yep. Okay. You are not where you left. Simon is not there. You are in a new location. You do not recognize this land. It is far from your home. Danger. Yes. Danger. Um, as you're stepping through the portal warily. A beholder is on the other side, something that is a very terrifying thing to witness, but it greets you warmly. It looks at you lovingly with its many eyes. So, uh, did you, did you do good? <laughs> like, in my initial reaction, do I know what a beholder is? You I probably mean, do not. I, I, Andrew Jordan, know what a beholder is. Of course, you, your but character. Shin Lee is like, yeah, what? Shin has no idea. His first, I mean, he like puts, him, puts himself into stance. Whoa, 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 yeah, yeah I'm, on, I'm on your side. Size him up. 
Yeah, he is a giant things eyeball at monster. Me out of his eyes or anything? None of that. Yep. <laughs> As if he could. Yeah, right. Okay, who are you? My name is Cog. I am a helper of sorts. I uh, I sort of follow you and broadcast your whereabouts. And, uh, you know, I give you information on the tournament and stuff. This is a new job so for me, too, so you, you I... tell everybody where I'm at? Oh, I'm not supposed to tell you that. Oh, shoot, I'm sorry. Well... Well, just look at the map, okay? Everyone is telling on everyone. Okay, what map? Oh, so then Cog and his many eyes look down, and at your feet is a gold pouch and a map. And as you open the map, you see that there are dots littered on the map. And you recognize that this is a lull post-shattering. And that the world, as you get farther from a lull, dies. And Krasis becomes darker. The world of Krasis becomes darker and more shattered. You're able to identify where your village is on that map. And you're able to identify where a lull is because it is the center of the map. And you are able to identify where you are because your dot is a slightly different color. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is a law like a city? A law a is a region? city state. Okay. It's yes. Like a large region of. Yes. Area. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think if if there's answers anywhere, it's probably at a law. Yes. If uh, somebody's going to figure out what's going on, so I'm going to try to orient myself on this map and head toward the center. Ah. To the center. Yeah. I like the bold strategy. Get right into the heart of it, kid. Of course. There's breaking to be done. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> ah, the tournament's going to be fun. Oh, um, by the way, uh, you have a tattoo now. <coughs> I have I have lots of tattoos. We didn't really discuss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every time I have part of one of my bones rebonded, oh. I get sort of a magical tattoo. Oh, cool. That's what bonds it. it. That's great. And it kind of looks like a bandage. That's kind awesome. Of. So I have lots of tattoos. Oh, okay. Um, so, okay. Oh, but here's one. <laughs> yeah. So where is this new tattoo? Uh, let's just put it right on my chest. It is I a shirtless. Absolutely. You are shirtless. And it is a, a circle um, and inscribed in the circle is a image of a tower. Actually, I'm not shirtless. I am wearing armor. You're wearing armor. I'm not a fool. Of course, um, of course. Because it was offered to me. Yes, of course. So, but I'm like, sorry, sleeveless. Yes, sleeveless, like the, sleeveless. Yes. Okay, so you can't see it, but I'm like. So you kind of pull back your armor, and you see that there is now a new tattoo. Which means that I also took less damage back there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We took some just subtracts. A straight subtraction. Yep. Cool. So I yep. lost one hit point. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Back. All right. Oh, there it is. It looks <laughs> like a. Uh, Long or something. <laughs> um, so we move forward in time. You are approaching the city of Alal. You have passed through many areas. You have encountered um, uh, many strange people in your journey, but no warlords yet. Uh, you are nearing the outer vicinity of Alal, and as you get closer to it, life seems to be restored to nature. The grass grows greener. The trees gain more foliage. There are more like critters around and things to um, to 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 um, salvage to to gather. Um, and from your mother, you know how to gather the proper herbs and things to, um, uh, sustain yourself. You're able to add to your dungeon rations. So you can add five dungeon rations to your, your supplies. Um, and as you get closer to a law, you notice on the map that there is a dot that is very close to you. 
Well, that can't be good. As you are contemplating the fact that this could not be good, you are attacked. <laughs> um, a warlord. Very close. Yes. Um, let me find my warlords. Please don't have a gun. Please don't have, <laughs> Please don't have magic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, let me find my, my, my folks here. Uh, yes, a minotaur now we're talking. approaches. He carries the rage totem of the barbarians. He is infuriated and raging with power. He charges at you with his horns straight down toward you. What do you do? It's time to show him some real power. Yeah. Um, this is stupid, but I want to grab his horns. Go for I it. I mean, I've done it before. Grab, I grab the, the bull by the horns. Which I think we kind of agreed is like a defy danger. Yes. And it's definitely a strength thing. Yes. I want to stop him. Absolutely. Okay. Eleven. Awesome. You do exactly that. Cool. I uh, push his face into the ground. Yep. Cool. <laughs> so and twist. Okay, excellent. So from the defy danger, we'll go right into your hack and slash. Okay. Go ahead and roll for that. Ten. Awesome. You do exactly that. Roll your damage. D10 plus four. These are not loaded dice. <laughs> Some good bonuses. Yep. Seven. Seven. We'll you keep. wrench. You wrench this creature's neck. It's. It feels the force of your your breaker power, and and, and as the uh, wrenching occurs, you actually snap off a bit of its horn, um, the left horn on its left. Um, you you have the horn in your hand now, and you still have one hand on the other horn attached to its head. <laughs> well, let's drop the horn and give him a an uppercut. Yeah. To uh, like his like his throat area. Yeah. And even off of that same hack and slash, we can deal that same damage. Go ahead and roll your damage again. Okay. Six. Awesome. You were able to drive that horn well into its body. It starts bleeding profusely from the wound. Um, as it feels these, uh, as it takes these hits, the rage builds in this minotaur, and you feel the power emanate off of this massive muscle, this huge, like, uh, heaving mass of creature. It exhales, and you hear this loud, and then it takes off, and it bursts through you. It's actually going to shovel you up into the air, and now it is, like, bucking you into the air. Nice. Um, you are thrown from the creature. You lose your grip, your grip on the horns, and you take some damage from the fall. You actually take six minus your armor. Okay. Armor of two. All right. Um, it is now your turn. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm currently flying through the air. Yep. <laughs> uh, and he's somewhere below me. Yep. So I wish I had like a, a ground slam attack. But yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, you can make it no, up. No. Um. I want to, I got to land. Yeah. I got to land somehow. Yeah. Um, I don't really have control of myself through the air. Yeah. I'm sort of at the mercy of physics here. Yes. So I land where I land. Yes. Which is, I don't know, behind uh, him kind of, he bucked he, me up. He, he bucked you up. So yeah, you, he kind of tossed you behind him, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Do you, I land on my feet? Uh, you, you actually land and hit the earth and take that damage. So oh, you, right, you, you right, kind of right. land in a pile and, and you're able to right yourself. And as you're kind of riding yourself, he is already charging at you again. 
Okay, well, I'm going to charge at him as well. All right. We're going to charge each other like goats. Yep, you close the distance. And we're just going to take that tattooed, broken arm and just shoulder and just shove it right in awesome. wherever he's shoving. Roll that hack and slash. Well, <laughs> that's a 13. Okay. So when I roll a 12 plus, I activate smash, mm -hmm. and I show him who the real barbarian is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I kind of smash him. <laughs> yes. Tell me what happens. Roll that damage and what do you blow up? Jeez. That's 11 more damage. Okay. Yeah. So he he's at death's door. He is is from this attack. What do you what, what's the attack? You 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 shoulder through him. I shoulder through him. So I want to like, smash. I want to dislocate his like shoulder. Yeah, yeah his, his like haunch, Maybe his shoulder. Yeah, his yeah. I don't need to like remove his limb. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's just hanging. Now. Yeah. It's really dislocated. Yeah. Yeah. It probably hurts a whole yes. bunch. He feels the grinding of the meat and the bones. Yes. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to give you a chance to back down right now. You've lost. I need the wish for my people. But you've lost. I will win the tournament. <sighs> he charges at you one more time. What do you do? I take it. Okay. And then after I take it, the shit out of him and you just you succeed in defeating the warlord as it as you say you take one more horn uh attack and to the ribs uh sort of opposite uh the side of the dagger that was attacking you in the battlefield three minus your armor okay and you um smash just both hands right through the minotaur and he is destroyed um as he falls you notice on the map that the dot disappears and that his cog now travels away and is relayed the message to the rest of the tournament that this warlord has died you have gained favor in the tournament you gain a small amount of gold for your kill and from the battlefield for killing three teal guardsmen that pouch of gold that you gained yeah. carries 300 gold in it Whoa. gold is mostly useless in the world it's mostly just like a token of like you did well but it might facilitate some kind of trade you never know um or just help those around you. or absolutely um and so now uh we move forward in time again in true monk style i don't need this that's right we're an ascetic okay um <laughs> not entirely <but> yeah. <laughs> um sorry no you're good um so You've defeated a warlord. We move forward in time. You are now approaching the city of Alal. Um, the great maw that you saw on the battlefield, the dragon, sits atop the castle of Alal. The shattering is still occurring. Pouring out of the earth are these creatures, massive, black, shining, like tanks pouring through the earth they dig through the rock they upheave the world and they travel like ants across the terrain you were able to see all of this from a high vantage point as you were on the outskirts of a law in the queen's garden what was formerly the queen's garden people who are still dying right now the shattering in this inner circle is still happening right now it's like fresh it's still fresh the earth is still breaking um and as you uh, peer up at the dragon above the castle you see the kobold run up it throw another potion down its maw and a great jet of flame erupt and the dragon with incredible intelligence and wisdom and depth to its mind spots you and looks at you lovingly we'll end the episode there andy jordan thank you for joining the world of crisis oh wow welcome thank to you. crisis tournament this was awesome 
And don't worry, we've got another episode of Warlords Crisis Tournament coming up right now. <laughs>